right. It's we were excited. True. Yep, there was Torn Adams right there, and then <laughs> followed by Captain Tastic. Hello. And, um, hello. Who, are, who, are, who are you? Did you say who you were? Um, I am Bob McCure, also known as Rainseeker. Actually, Bob is not my real name. It is a pseudonym. <laughs> it is short for Robert. That's right. But that's still not my name. So, moving on, let's talk about the issue at hand, which is that we just got the point six release. Yeah, yeah, we just got th- 0.34.06, although halfway through the release process, I realized I had written 0.35.06, so, uh, so I had to go back and change it, but uh, it hasn't gotten advanced enough for the 0.35 yet. Probably won't for quite a long time, because we're going to be fixing bugs. There's still bugs. There are quite a few bugs. There are 2,000 bugs. So I think I'm it's important sure. to note that this is the first uh, talk we've done since the big release. That's yeah. right. Yes, our our last one was in November. We've been this kind is... of waiting for it to come out and waiting to talk a little a little bit, but also we've had trouble according to our schedules, so we're back. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for being patient with us. We know you missed us. <laughs> I, I, I would cry a little bit every day just thinking about how we weren't talking on your computer. Well, hopefully you weren't crying on your computer. You know, maybe that's why my keyboard doesn't work anymore. Yeah, my computer died recently, so uh, I, I know the danger of crying on the computer. What happened to your computer? It just started dying. There were more and more corrupt files. The hard disk was going. Uh. So you'd, you'd, you'd notice that... that you you would try and burn, for instance, Dwarf Fortress, the game we're writing, uh, trying to burn that to a CD. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. Like, You're writing a game called Dwarf Fortress? Yeah, yeah, you never would have known. You never would have known because wow. people, people usually call it Slaves to Armok 2. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we just noticed when we're when we're burning it that that, you know, you occasionally get a file. It's like cyclic redundancy check or whatever is failed. And um, you don't want that to happen to important stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we dealt with it. Uh, And there's a new computer. There's a new version out. Yeah, new computer, new version. And I guess uh, hopefully it works for people. Uh, Hopefully it works in, 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 um, you know, the older versions of Windows like it used to. It used to work in Windows XP Service Pack 3. And now I'm on Windows 7. So I stuck with XP for a while because I didn't know uh, what would happen if I moved forward. And now I have, not through any choice of my own, and it hopefully works. <laughs> you just alienated like all of the Mac and Linux fan base. Oh, but we we try Mac and Linux. We, I mean, we have it on Mac and Linux and test yeah, it on Mac and Linux. Both of them are going to be offended. You got partitions yeah. going? <laughs> No, I got, I got, I got the, uh, I have, I have, might have to get a new, a new Linux computer as well, but right now, uh, Linux is, is, is fine. It's all, cause it's all on the same, same computer where the, the hard drive was having trouble and the computer still runs and I got this Linux version off of there, but I backed up all of my Linux onto a different, um, USB drive now, but yeah, if I, if I, when I have to update my Linux to a new computer, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, uh, figure out how to do all that again because there are various libraries you need to download from the internet, and I don't remember all of what I needed to do. But I'm sure someone will help me with any bugs that I have if they want to play the game on Linux. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I tried and, that once. 
<laughs> didn't work out so well, huh, Cap? Uh, it just didn't work out. I don't understand Linux. I'd just gotten my Asus E a few Christmases ago, and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to try this out, give it a chance, give it a fair shot. And I couldn't figure it out. And it was Christmas, so I didn't want to spend a lot of time <laughs> trying. Linux is for smart people. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about the newest version. Um, <laughs> I've been having fun with it. Good. Um, I, I have not found a... Let's talk about vampires, because that's what everyone's talking about. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen a vampire yet, because I've, like been trying out the uh, uh, adventurer side. And I keep accusing people of being vampires and they say, what? Settle down. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a vampire. Ignore the crypt behind me. And, uh, uh, ignore so, the 200 human hair trinkets in my right hand or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. It's not the vampire you're looking for. And uh, so let's talk about it in the fortress mode. Um, what what's been happening with vampires? Well, I mean, does Captain have one to report? Uh, not personally. I was reading on the something awful forums that, if I remember this correctly, they had a fort going and some murders were happening, and they <laughs> the choices to accuse for being a vampire were a little girl and a chicken, I think. <laughs> Or it was a little girl, a chicken, and some guy. Yeah, and probably they, they the guy. selected the guy, <laughs> I think. And then it happened again. Oh no! So it, was, it was down, to, whittled down to that. I might have that completely wrong, but yeah, I well, think it's have, funnier could, in my head. <laughs> yeah, they could have gotten another one in the meantime. I mean, it's it's rare to get a vampire little girl. I don't think they happen in in world gen, so you'd need to have vampire blood in your well or something. And then. Uh, well, you probably have more than a little girl to worry about at that point. <laughs> Vampire blood in your well? Yeah, I, I think... It's a chicken. <laughs> I think somebody... I think so, yeah. Well, the... Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, someone, someone on the forum had, had set up a, uh, a kind of well of darkness or whatever where they had vampire blood in the well and created a vampire army in their fortress or something. Um, I don't, I don't remember the details, but it works. Uh, I suppose if you, as long as the blood stays a historical figure's blood, and doesn't just get smeared out into dwarf blood, as can happen through some mechanics, so it remembers whose blood it is, uh, then it's infectious. Really? Okay. And so that's how we, that's how we become vampires is by dwarf, by uh, vampire blood. Yeah, yeah, by consuming the vampire blood. I mean, it's it's that's that's the way it is. With with our with our current vampires, we didn't get around to randomized vampires, so there's no uh, no real variation there. So the vampires can't make other vampires right now. It's just yeah yeah. It was one of those things. We we had we had the blood ready to go, and we were like, okay, in world gen, they just need to feed they just need to feed their the person they want to uh, want to turn their blood. Cause, and, and we're, you know, we're thinking of, you know, they'll be able to raise mindless ones by draining their blood, you know, three times or whatever, and then we'd be able to vary that, that mechanic. But it, we just were, were feeling, you know, pressed for time and didn't get to that. Because uh, it, it, it was, you end up having to jump through a lot of hoops in World Gen. Uh, 
Now, is there a disadvantage to having everybody in your fortress be a vampire? Do they starve eventually? Uh, they will... Uh, if, if you don't keep getting migrants uh, <laughs> <laughs> to feed them, which should, should First stop... migration ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your fortress should eventually get marked as a death trap if you keep murdering your migrants. And then, since you'll have no one come to your fortress, uh, your vampires would, would start to uh, slow down. Um, but I don't, I don't know when, when vampires are at maximum slowness from, they don't ever die from not drinking. They just get really slow. If they're at maximum slowness, they might still be, uh, better overall than a, um, than a regular dwarf in terms of their combat abilities and stuff, because they have resistance to damage and higher attributes and stuff like that. Uh, so, so there's... There's not really there's not really a reason not to do it. I mean, you would have an evil fort. Yes. <laughs> it would be bad, yes. bad to be a vampire. Um, I guess you'd be more immune to zombie attacks because the zombies wouldn't attack your vampires. Oh, well, um, that's a good way to tell too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if your vampires will attack the zombies though. In that case, I, I never tested that. If your vampire soldiers would just leave them hanging out and hunt down and kill the necromancers, and then you'd just have these zombies wandering around. Uh, I'm not it might sure. help you with the, uh, a goblin invasion, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah, just having your zombies, like, just roaming around outside, like Dawn of the Dead, outside the mall or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, we need malls. Yeah, yeah, we need malls. Well, it'll be like that when we get to the dwarf mode inns and taverns and things. You're... Uh, your fort will be like a big mall. That's right. You'll have the humans walking around, bumping their heads. And actually, that that could be interesting too, because you could have uh, vampires that just visit your fortress and are not permanent, and they leave a body and then take off the next day. Yeah, yeah, we have we we have we have like the the raiding necromancers now that'll that'll sneak and and they sneak and keep trying to get to your refuse and corpse piles. Uh, and then they animate everybody. So if you suddenly found a bunch of, if you're not in the evil region, you suddenly found yourself attacked by a bunch of zombies. That was because a necromancer managed to sneak into your fortress. <laughs> and you, if you don't find them, you're just gonna have to deal with it <laughs> over and over until you uh, until you find them. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, vampires could be the same. I mean, there's 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 some some antics we need to do. Like like night trolls need to come and and snatch people. On occasion, um, tear up your trees. <laughs> Just mischief. Yeah, nothing but trouble. Yeah, we could have little guys come and stagnate your water supply. People would love that because they love the stagnant water so much. <laughs> Rot your food. Just import a bunch of insects. <laughs> it's important to have bugs. You know. That, that that's an interesting idea too. I mean, you could always have, um, you know, the you could have uh, human traders that bring moths with their grain or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, all Outside kinds of pests. all sorts of vermin. Because there's nothing like opening up a sack of meal or something and seeing the little things crawling around inside. Just that a be barrel hilarious. of rats. That's right. <laughs> like brought a barrel you a of rats barrel. <laughs> that's actually one of my earliest memories of Dwarf Fortress. Is Embarking on the two-dimensional zone with the mountain to the right of me and the river to the left, and there's a little pond 
and there's a, you know, symbols that were flickering, and I figured out how to f- see what it was, and it was mosquitoes. <laughs> it was super cool. Oh, we just added mosquitoes. Though. It must have been like flies or oh. flies or something. Something horrible. Well, there's no, there's like blood gnats. I think I don't remember when we added those. That could be some horrible thing, <laughs> like a mosquito. And the, the nice thing about our mosquitoes is they don't bite and suck your blood. They don't do anything. They're nice mosquitoes. They, they're capable mos- mosquitoes. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can have them riding on your shoulder. I sure hope not. <laughs> when are we getting racing snails? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as we get the nothing, I guess. Well, that was uh, (laughs) negative three. (laughs) I would like to see the nothing. That would be awesome. It's like, don't embark on that evil region. Yeah, that's (laughs) Uh, kind of becoming nothing. It'll just destroy your fort over time. Have any of you, either of you read that book? actual book? Yeah, I think it's pretty I think dark. I, yeah, I think I, I'm trying to remember because when I was in in grad school, there was this stack of books that someone had left, and so I ended up reading. I know the Princess Bride was there, the book version of the Princess Bride, and actually better. That's good. I don't know. I, that's pretty. I like the Princess Bride. <laughs> Yeah, the the book the book the book was very similar to the movie. I think the guy actually did the screenplay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so he just cut out some of his weird sort of meta talking about the clothes stuff or whatever that he had in the book. Talking about talking about clothes. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, so yeah. I think I actually ended up liking the the movie better just because it cut out some of the crap. But well, it was the movie still had the virtue of being more cartoony in a way. Yeah. Which kind of enhanced some of the scenes. Andre the Giant added a lot. <laughs> yes. yes, when are we putting Andre the Giant in Dwarf Fortress? That's what I want to know. We have giants. No, they can't be named Andre. Andre. Yeah, yeah, they can't be named Andre. They they probably can be named Andar or something. <laughs> <laughs> We've got rats of unusual unusual size. True. We do. We, we, have we lo- need larger. fire swamps, shrieking eels. Yeah. We've um, got gotten one step closer to that with our new new mists and horrifying stuff. Slowly yeah. diversifying elf blood raining from the sky. So, let's talk <laughs> about mists, since, since you mentioned them. <laughs> what kind of things can mists do? They ruin can, your they, day. Yeah, they ruin your day with unkillable monsters. Uh, yet another un- indestructible monster. It always seems to... We always seem to have a new one. Um, so, yeah, you don't want a husk. If the mist mists can make husks out of it, creatures that are like zombies, kind of, except you can't kill them, because they, they aren't autom- animated. Do they automatically become a husk, or does it, does it just depend? So it's random, right? uh, the effect of the mist is random, but if it is a husking mist and you enter into it, then you're in trouble. <laughs> um, but, the, but the mists are kind of compact and move across the screen, so... Uh, even though your dwarves can't avoid them, they don't destroy the entire fortress instantly. Uh, they only s- destroy it through a through the unkillable monsterness of it. Um, but but it's fun. They can sweep across a caravan. That's happened to people. <laughs> it just like sweeps across the land and husks husks a caravan. But they can do other things in the caravan. They have uh, they can also have the same effects as the worst forgotten beast poisons. So they can rot your eyeballs out or 
completely paralyze you and kill you or whatever. There's all kinds of things they can do. What, is it, what happens to your dwarves if they have no eyesight? Uh, their skill rolls are reduced, uh, and I think if I, I'm I'm hoping their targeting doesn't work at a distance either, because because I know from from bugs with the Raz where I forgot to put extra vision on things with no eyes, they just sit there and don't target anybody. Uh, so a blind dwarf could be the same way, but I'm not I'm not sure because I don't I haven't tested that. Uh, specific case, but it should work out the same way. Um, For some reason, that makes me think of Liberal Crime Squad, and you'd have some guy with a katana with basically no face left who'd still <laughs> cut tanks in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's trouble. It's a recurring theme in the work of Tarn Adams. <laughs> Faceless people cutting tanks in half. Yes. Yeah. So I remember... I remember early, early on having a blind dwarf, like way back in the first version, and there's something with when they sh- they still tried to, they could still target back then, I think, and they, they could, they'd shoot their crossbow, but it would randomize the direction. Yeah, I remember seeing videos of that. And that's like a windmill or something, they just shoot yeah. sh- shoot all, it's like the death the death blossom from the like, star. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Send out a troop of blind archers. <laughs> the parachuting blind archers into the middle of all the parachutes. <laughs> Goblins. Make yeah, we it don't. happen. Uh, <laughs> we need parachutes. Yeah, what else did we do? What else did we do? We have uh, we have giant cities now. Giant uh, cities. Yes, we do. Those Not are city of giants. Fun, yes. I think. Just the idea of them. Kind yeah, of adds a lot of texture, I'd say, to the world, just because there's, hey, this is where grain comes from, and grain's important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it right now it, it, it drowns out the adventurer economy a little too much. <laughs> you're yes. like, you're like, I'm in the capital, and there's one or two weapon shops in town, and I have to find them. <laughs> yeah. and it, it's kind of funny because I, I I went into a city and then I went to you know the um, this this door had no sign to it and it was just full of like bales of cloth or something and then ah, I yeah, went the, the into, warehouse the, into the next door and there was another one and next door and, it, it's, <laughs> and it, it's they're stacked on top of each other like pancakes in, in odd way, in odd fashions yeah um, it was it was a large building oh yes it, that was probably probably the warehouse they, there's one warehouse and they fill yeah, it with all so, the crap they didn't have anywhere else to put it that, that was pretty awesome and I don't know I, I I, t- I resisted the temptation to take anything. Do they know when you steal something automatically? Not right now. Right now, the, I think it's as bad as it's ever been as far as them not knowing that you've stolen stuff. Oh, you can just take stuff. And even if they look at you, they don't care. Yeah, it's it's caring means sharing. <laughs> That's good. So if you ever need to buy something you know, really expensive in town, just go to their warehouse. Trade. Yeah, trade, trade. If you're not just going to take it directly. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that sometime. It's not a real big priority, though. And I was, of course, starving, and <laughs> I decided to kill a pig. Oh, no. And, and that was a big mistake. Cause you set them off. Yeah. Everybody hated me all of a sudden. <laughs> all yeah, the chicken ducks. <laughs> yeah, I was attacked by farm wildlife and farm animals, and, and little boys and little girls came after me. <laughs> I got really confused by seeing a tame stray llama. 
<laughs> all, all that registered to me was Stray Llama. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit this thing with a spear. <laughs> and then everyone got mad, even other animals, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, they just come in. They just come in and it's like the immune system or something. They just deal with, they just deal with you. Yeah, but no one owns the the animals. That's why they're called stray. They're just they're no one owns the all the livestock in the town. It's some kind of communal commune the communal llama. They never eat. They just watch him walk around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's messed up. Granted, of course, but but we're 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 going steps in steps, and it's further along now than it was before. <laughs> yeah, we just what else have we done? We just put out the. Um, See, do we have the, a marketer? Yep. Yep. There's the markets. With Have they the shot at you yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Like, They're pretty pushy. Yeah, get your real prepared horse intestines here. <laughs> dragon fry brains. Dragon fry brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they'll they'll swear that they're authentic and stuff like that. Well, and, awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to have some kind of proof of proof of authenticity if you have some, if you say you have a barrel of dragon fly brains. Uh, it would just look like sand or something. <laughs> kind of gooey or something. I don't know. Just, uh, just pudding, <laughs> you know. It's just pudding. It's not really brains. No, it's mosquito brains. It's definitely mosquito brains. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what is this small boy? You're a troubled guy, you know. You're a troubled little boy. What's this scratching? Cosmo For those Cosmo. of you just tuning in, this is <laughs> our friend. That's right. It's by by all. Scamps. His birthday came and went. That's right. Bubba Chump's the little fat kid. How you doing, mister? How, uh, let's see. So he got a new present, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He got his he got his uh, his his uh, circular track with the ball in it. Ah, yeah. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, he loves it. He still plays with it every day. So it's an intriguing puzzle. It makes him think because he can't get the ball out of the track. Sometimes he'll just stare at the ball and try and figure it out without messing with it. But you haven't figured it out, have you? You simple. <laughs> He's gonna go. Oh, cannibal. That's it. That's right. Yeah, we have we have all kinds of. We just put in the animal the animal training uh, stuff to to replace the dungeon master. And people are torn up about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. Hopefully, the new stuff is fun. And um, so, like, tell us how that works. How does training work now? So you've got you've got um, during world generation, your your civilization has a certain familiarity with the training techniques of animals now. So you've got the domesticated ones, and then you've got all of the ones that are technically trainable that aren't domestic. So the dwarves will have a, a series of underground animals, and the humans will have whatever you know, like like savage animals or bears that live in their area and they'll be familiar with with how they work but they won't they won't have them as like work animals or anything and there's also those heroes that go on those taming journeys and, and tame the giant eagles of the mountains or whatever so that also builds familiarity and so you, you when you create your fort your dwarves have these certain lists of familiarities with with training certain animals 
And if you look at the new animal screen, or not the old new animal screen, the old animal screen from your Z status, you'll see it the in the in the animal tab. There's your overall familiarity, and that that helps you that helps you train animals and kind of sets the stage for for your your fort having this 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 new um, this new stuff. So if you capture an animal in a cage, or um, uh, I guess that yeah, that's probably the only the only way uh, because when you trade for animals, they're they're already tame. So if you get, if you capture an animal in a cage, and uh, and then you just move it to your animal stockpile or or build the cage building to have a little zoo or whatever, you can go to your animal screen and the animal will appear there if it is uh, trainable. You can't train a giant earthworm, for example, I think, but other most most of the other ones are. Uh, you have to draw the line somewhere, but most of most most of the other ones are. Uh, come here, Earthy. Come here. <laughs> Most of the other ones are are, uh, are trainable, and so it'll appear on the list, and then you can assign it a, a trainer um, from that list. And the tra- spiders, for instance. I believe you can train them. You can train them because it's it's too fun to have them, uh, and and they're uh, they're the trainer can either be any trainer or a specific dwarf or any unassigned trainer if you want someone else to pick up the slack where your specific trainers are assigned elsewhere. And so you've got a trainer, and it'll do this thing that it used to do where, where you just grab a piece of food and go to the cage and train the animal. But now the animal doesn't become tame unless you have a domesticated knowledge of it or unless it's a young animal. Then uh, it'll just get some level of training, and it uses the, the, uh, the uh, item quality symbols to denote how trained the animal is. So it can be masterfully trained or just well-trained or just trained or semi-wild. <laughs> and if you so haven't... <laughs> I, I, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, so then you can't train it anymore from the cage. If you want to have this, uh, this pet as a protector or a pet, um, you have to let it out. And so it'll be wandering around. It could be a semi-wild creature, like my voracious cave crawler that I had was semi-wild. <laughs> okay. And I just allowed it to wander around. That was my question. My next question. Go ahead. Yeah. So you have. So you. But I had a trainer assigned to it, so there'd be reinforcement training. Where my trainer, my my trainer was a miner with no training skill, which contributed to my downfall. Um. But uh, so so he kept trying to reinforce it, but he was still learning. So it was just stay semi-wild, but it sets its timer higher. It's, it's reverting to wild state timer. So the reinforcement training is still useful. It'll set you to you give you another season of, uh, of freedom with that particular animal. But um, my miner was killed by troglodytes, and I didn't remember to reset my trainer. So that's one of the values of the any trainer thing. If I had set it on any trainer, someone else would have picked up the slack, but I didn't have it set. Um, but the good thing about assigning a specific trainer is if your trainer works with the same animal three or four times or something, I, I don't remember the exact number, uh, they form a bond. And bonding makes them able to train the animal better, and it also makes the training stick longer. Nice. Uh, it, it does make your dwarf sad if the animal dies, though. Oh. Uh, so, so you have the... the, the animal the, get sad if your dwarf dies? I, the animals aren't capable of feeling happiness i think that's how it works but uh i think it might i remember we we because zach and i had talked about this it might make the animal revert faster and not take to new trainers but i don't remember if we got to that part 
Um, so, so we have the, uh, so we have the, all that training and you can also select war and hunting training for various animals in the, uh, animal screen. And that'll make the guy, instead of doing reinforcement training, he'll do the specific training. Um, and you either need to have an animal training zone once you get, let, let him wander around, or if the animal's on a cage or in a pasture, uh, you can train it. But, but some people were, were having trouble figuring it out and you need a zone. I just posted that on the forum too. So hopefully people see that. Um, just to give them a place to, to do their training uh, that doesn't get, get in people's way. So one of the newest inclusions that I think has a lot of fun built into it is books. <laughs> yeah, nothing but trouble. There's a lot of recursion going on. <laughs> yeah, books right. about books, books about, about books. books. Just books about the author of the book that wrote the book about the book. <laughs> well, that's that's literary criticism, right? It's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just you'd normally not include the name of the last seven books when you're doing the literary <laughs> criticism. Uh, it should. There's also tablets and I think plinths. Uh no, no, we don't have those. Too bad. I mean, I unless unless I'm totally because I don't I don't I never use the word plinth in the game. What about so, tablets? Were there tablets? Yeah, yeah. There was there was slabs. I guess slabs, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember if they're called slabs or or, or whatever they're called. Um, the thing with things on it. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, those are made by the, the, the gods when they pass the actual knowledge of life and death down to the necromancers. It's always put on a slab. It's, uh, yeah, I mean... I want the knowledge of, of, of good food and wine. That's what I want the knowledge Yeah, conjure it. <laughs> Con, conjure pizza. I want to be a food mancer. That's right, we're getting there. We're getting there. The, the door's been open now. We have, uh, we have trouble. One pizza it's flying around attacking. <laughs> are so what abilities can you you can currently just get necromancer abilities from slabs that's right and how and, yeah. audible is that at this point uh well the model the monitors will actually be able to tell you better than i can uh i i think i mean it's definitely you can mod in any ability to be given with the secrets of life and death like right now the ability to raise the dead is completely arbitrary. That's just what it gives you. And so that could be fire breath or any other um, okay. ability that's currently supported. Uh, but if you don't have the ability to raise the dead, you don't raise battlefield. You don't raid battlefields for a zombie army. And if you don't have a zombie army, you don't get a tower. Mm-hmm. So the, what you'll have is... Um, I, I'm not 100% sure about this. Like I said, the modders will know more. But it's it's either going to be that the guy that gets the knowledge will stay in town or run away and just be in a little bandit camp by himself. Um, just like they are when they're raising zombies. If they can't get 50 zombies, they'll be in a camp with their zombies mm-hmm. until they until they get enough to build a tower. So, so that that'll be what happens. You either have a wild wizard or a civilized wizard with your fireball breathings and all that kind of thing that you mod in. Uh, but it's not it's not supported that they act in a rational fashion with their new powers or anything. Yeah, they don't 
they don't just decide to uh, help their, their mother-in-law come back from the dead now because their wife is upset that their mother has died. That's right. And just never do anything else with their power. Yeah, if they have fire breath, they don't become a fire breather or whatever in a traveling circus. Because they could do that. Yeah, and they could they could even be a blacksmith at that point, right? They could just use it for building building ores and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's all they could they could just hire out to be somebody's torch. Exactly. There's all kinds of things you could do, but they don't do any of them. <laughs> Instead, well, I guess if they if they live in a camp by themselves, they have no trouble with the campfire. That's true. But yeah, so 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 it's not it's not the most satisfying thing for the modders, but I hope they've found some some things to do. Um, I don't know if you can hear that, but that's the ball being spun around in the track. <laughs> so he's having fun. It'll be a new disturbance for us. I think someone modded it so that the kitty head bump causes a syndrome that turns you into a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when you walk around town, you can see the cats all head bumping each other. And but um, but but we have cats. Yeah, the cat, the kitties will head bump and they will lick, and the chickens will scratch in the ground and make the bugs come up and eat the bugs, and ducks will root around in the ground and eat the bugs. And um, you can it, it'll happen in fortress mode too. I don't think it puts it in the combat logs, but you'll see little bugs come up around the uh, the ducks and chickens sometimes. And then they'll eat them. Uh, so yeah, new new high priority powers that were put in. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it's cool. Uh, we've got all that all that stuff. Um, and yeah, so well, yeah, so so I'm glad I'm glad the modders had something to do. <laughs> that should be should be cool. So let's see. Other things we can talk about are, I guess, where we're going now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I mean, the the short term picture, you know, assuming I get this edited quickly, is uh, you know, I'm not really sure. I got to do my taxes. <laughs> it's a good time to do my taxes. Well, after I just put a release out, um, and assuming I can figure that out. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, then we'll be moving on. I think I'm gonna fi- go back and fix some new bugs because there's quite a few new bugs. There's hundred, two hundred of them or something, and uh, I don't want to let those pile up too much. So I'll go and do a bunch of those again. And then for for going back and doing old bugs, the the things on the the plate are there's there's all those stickies uh, on the bug tracker, and all of those are are important. Um, and I want to, I want to, I want to knock out some of those sometime. There are also the things that I said I was definitely going to do with these bug tracking cycles. There's just three things um, that are definitely going in sometime, not necessarily with the next release, but before I move on, I'm going to get to um, addressing in some way the the hauling that was the highest eternal suggestion or whatever. Now. Part of the problem with that is that it didn't have a... Uh, part of the problem with the whole external suggestion process is that there's not a lot of specificity, and if there is a thread linked, then you can't assume the people that are voting for it you know, agree with everything on the thread, and it doesn't mean that everything in the thread is a good idea to put in the game, right? So there's, there's all kinds of problems with hauling, so we're just going to interpret what, what we'll, we think will make the game the most fun. 
with right. with hauling. And I mean, you have to think about, you know, if you want to do uh, things like like um, mine tracks and carts and things, and if you want to do wheelbarrows, how that's really going to be necessary, uh, or 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 what what's the most what's the most because uh, because laying tracks and things is its own kind of work with its own hauling, yeah. and if it takes as much work to to make a track and place carts as it does to haul stone back out, then the the most realistic use of mine carts of mining <laughs> with them is not as important as having mine carts that go between two food piles or something and you fill the cart with food and send it down the line and dump it in the other pile or something. So we might have to... One thing we were thinking of doing was actually making certain aspects of mining harder so that you'd require something like a mine cart or a wheelbarrow to move a boulder that's large enough to make a statue with or something like that. I mean, there, there's certain things like that, that that when we're done with the hauling fixes, all of it will be faster and more efficient if you use the tools we give you, um, but but we're still we're still kind of uh, thinking about uh, thinking about it because um, I'm not sure what the the gist of the the eternal suggestion doesn't have any kind of depth to it. It's just like better hauling. So uh, you know we have to interpret what what we think that means, and people have their own ideas about what they think that means. There's threads about it, um, but I'm assuming the main thing is that people just want. Their dwarves, when they look at their job list, they don't want to see two thirds of their dwarves are storing things in stockpiles or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just a drain on the overall um, speed of what you can do, and and it doesn't. I mean, it's just it's just kind of obnoxious having that happen. And so it'll. I mean, they're very simple changes. Or they're not simple to program, but simple changes like if you if you're going to move fifteen small objects from one stockpile to another, you should just be able to cup them in your hands and do it in one time. Yeah. Uh, instead of having 15 walks back and forth <laughs> between the piles and, and, and so on. Uh, so, so there's, there's a, uh, there's a lot to do there and, w and, you know, we're just going to kind of do what we think will be fun there and whether or not that satisfies the people, that's kind of the problem of the eternal suggestions things. I don't really know. Um, so we'll just kind of go with it. The other one, the other thing I said I would definitely do is make uh, make dwarves respond a little better better to fire, <laughs> and, uh, and to things like like a uh, like an evil mist coming. It would be more fun if they ran from it if they saw it or whatever. Yeah, well, that would make us be able to settle evil regions a lot easier in that case, and not be so scared of doing that. Yeah, I mean they should still hit you sometimes, but but yeah. uh, but. More, more when uh, you just didn't run fast enough or whatever. Make it based on awareness. See if they notice the thing in the first place. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a technical problem with it, which is having the dwarf see it. The longer you make that distance, the harder it is to make that fast. Yeah. Because they have to scan around for it or whatever. But we should be able to figure something out there. And the other thing I said I'd definitely do, and this is uh, just reminding, this is not for the next release, this is during the bug-fixing cycle that we're in. Um, the other thing I said I'd do is finally get to uh, to clean up um, the, uh, when you enlarge your screen past 80 by 25, 
make those things look better or whatever, because a lot of the screens just stay 80 by 25 or whatever. They just hang out, or one element comes along to the border, but not the rest or whatever. There's all kinds of horrible-looking things. And so cleaning that up. And then um, we'll see what other internal suggestion stuff we get to. We we wanted to, job priorities we definitely cannot do until we get to the personality rewrite. So that's not going in until the personality rewrite. The um, But things like production triggers we might get to. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to change how animal people work sometime in here because they crowd out too many of the populations right now. So we're probably going to make them work more like they did in the in the story that Zach wrote, where they're they're uh, more rare. And uh, yeah, then 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 we'll be um, when we get through enough of the old bugs, we'll finally be able to um, switch back to to doing new features. And we know we're definitely going to re reprioritize a little bit there. We want to move up the personality rewrite because a lot of things are, are hinging on that and getting that out of the way will be good. We wanted to move up the birth, death, and succession stuff that is in like release five right now on that list of releases uh, because that is the core of the game, finally getting world gen to continue into, uh, continue into uh, the post-world gen play period so that you don't your world isn't just dying. Because <laughs> that's how it is now. You're, aside from your fort, where people are still born, in your fort, that's like the one, the one place where life has a chance. But the rest of the world is dying. Your life uh, has migrate to the fort. Yeah, they just migrate to the fort to breed and save their race or whatever. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to have families with histories and like, oh, this family, they're, they're mean to everyone, but... They get the job done or whatever. They're <laughs> known for making the best weapons or something. Kind of hereditary <laughs> roles within the within the world itself. Yeah, they don't pay enough attention to their families at all right and now. It's like I, my dad was a ranger and I, I'm a peasant <laughs> and one day I will and be a peasant. They're like, and I'll only care it's if it's my dad if he dies or if he's a zombie and he attacks me. Those are like the, the the main things they think about their family for, and uh, and they don't want to marry them. That's that's it. I think um, uh, there might be. I don't know if there's any other happy thoughts from them. Oh, they when they talk to them, I think they get a, a special thought, and that might be it though. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's really it's really lackluster. Um, so let's see what else what else was we. Yeah, and one other one other thing we wanted to move up was. Um, it's it's just becoming more and more and more glaring to have uh to have the site maps missing for all of the other races because mm -hmm. you're you're in adventure mode and I imagine a, a new person that picks up adventure mode would be like oh cool there's a goblin city or oh cool there's an elf city when they figure out what those sim <laughs> when once they figure out what those symbols mean and then they go there and it's just there's nothing there um that's kind of strange so so that might get moved up as well. I mean it isn't even on the the caravan list and I think I think it needs to it needs to be needs to be moved up. <clears throat> and it's kind of the yeah, it's it's, it's pretty important I think so. And the only one that's difficult I think is the uh is the um the elf the elves require elves require kind of a tree rewrite so 
there's some difficulty there, but make larger trees basically. Yeah, multi-tile trees. But multi, I mean multi-tile trees forces you to confront some issues like how do you make the multi-tile tree grow? And I mean I, I imagine it's not it's it's not hard so much as it is as it is fun, right? You have you first you have one little sapling tile and then you can grow it up and then you'd have like a trunk tile and a and a and a um I don't know what you'd call that, not a canopy tile, but a the crown of the tree or whatever the the tile. And then it would it it could it could just start to spread out. It could choose a tile to grow a branch sideways into and spread out until it bumps into the other trees. And uh and eventually it's big enough to put a house on. Or uh yeah, or to die and hollow out. All kinds of interesting things. But um but then there's the issue of you know you'd have to re- rewrite the dwarf um, the dwarf job for that, especially if you get a trunk that's wider than one tile. Then does the dwarf kind of mine it out or something, or how does that how does that work? And um, you get the tree to come down, and you could do the whole timber thing and have it fall down and leave logs everywhere or something. <laughs> yeah, kill, kill all the dwarves with that. Yeah, so this is, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, that should be fun. Yeah, so so it's it, so it's a project, right? That that's that's kind of the project that keeps the uh, keeps the elf sites from being done. But I think uh, that, that that that's all, and that's all after the bug fixes. Um, and we still, I mean, the, there's still the caravan stuff. I mean, we we talk about these things we want to move up, but we still want to do you know taverns and 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 inns and all that kind of thing too. And the industry sites and that kind of stuff that was that was slated for being next. So, yeah, we're we're still we're still thinking about how how best to move forward with with all these things. But we've got a lot of time to a lot of time to think about it because we're going to be bug fixing for a while uh, and doing doing the um, doing the hauling type suggestions stuff. So, At least another eight hours or so. Yeah. <laughs> Or a long ass time, yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I mean, we're we're definitely gonna stick with the bug fixing for a while yet. Oh, oh. be good. Okay, let's talk about multi-threading. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I think that's the only way we'd get magic working. So. <laughs> there you go. They just keep sticking cores in them. Cores, yeah, cores. Yeah, you use one ninety-nine percent of the time, and then whenever you need to write it or video you can use all of them. <laughs> Hi, this is Three Toe from the uh from Bay Twelve Games. Me and uh Tarn are going to record some of the Q and A questions that he didn't get recorded last time, so here we go. Totaku has a question. That's right, Totaku has a question. Or he has two questions actually. So the first one is since we have all these new night creatures out to our disposal. One thing I have been curious about is if we have a more complicated system in which these said night creatures can work with other night creatures or other characters. So, so yeah, we have uh, what we have in place now as far as night creatures working with each other, working with other people. Um, that we've got a couple things, I guess. We've got the uh, the night trolls have their family units that they uh, construct by kidnapping people and <laughs> converting yep. them. 
And the vampires have their cults. That's right. The vampires have their cults. And I guess the mummies, if you want to count them, raising the dead. They don't actually get an affiliation with them. The werewolves have no affiliations at all. Um, and I guess uh, I guess that's what we've got now. So... Uh, in terms of in terms of extending that, I think the the cults are are probably the the, the most extendable of those. Uh, in terms of giving them actual things that they're going to try and do, uh, as far as taking over the town. Right now, they just kind of automatically take over when when it's time for the the vampire to decide whether or not uh, he's going to take over the civilization or run away. If he's got a cold, he'll always try and take over the civilization and generally succeed. So. Um, but but I think that the question was was saying you know some of the more kind of um, uh, there there had been more to the question where where the, the Totaku was talking about sort of these uh, more domestic setups I guess for lack of a better word where there's there's like you know they might have a butler or something like that right or, or like uh, an evil wizard or something like that controlling a bunch of monsters yeah yeah so so, so it's like like uh, basically saying the the vampire lives in a civilization, and so they should be able to essentially take all the perks and then have those kind of uh, inflected on their vampire nature. And that is that is just going to happen naturally, I think, uh, as, as we proceed. So um, so the question was if we will have a more complicated system. I think as, as every um, noble or whoever in the city gets more power and more abilities, those will just be extended to the vampires automatically and... So I think I think you will see these really weird situations arise, definitely. Okay, so now the second question is, is there a possibility that we see these the gods manifest themselves in a more physical form and possibly playing more Try influential <laughs> roles, such as uh, maybe providing their power to boost the harvesting of crops or, or removing curses or controlling the elements? So these are the gods that we talked about on another Dwarf Fortress talk. Yeah, and and right now I, I'm not sure when this question was asked. It was it was one of the older ones, and uh, I'm not sure if they um, knew at the time that gods were cursing people. Now that the gods curse people, uh, then maybe that's why it came up. Because uh, they asked if the gods are going to be removing curses. Well, <laughs> they're adding curses, so there's nothing to say that that, that there's not going to be um, ways for people to kind of redeem themselves after they've despoiled temples and that kind of thing, or having the the gods even fight with each other over who gets redeemed and who gets cursed and all that kind of thing. No, yeah, we're not we're not opposed to adding a lot yeah, of having conflict. having clash of the titans type stuff going on with all kinds of silliness and Greek gods and all kinds of strangeness. We're inspired by those movies <laughs> as much as by the myths, so things will happen. Okay. Um, all right, moving okay. on to moving on. Uh, the next person, Grieger. Are there any things you saw where the forum users? have come up with convoluted theories about how particular actions is decided in-game, when in reality there is, uh, it is near, nowhere near as complex as the players think. So this comes up a lot. All, yeah, all the time. Um, specific examples, uh, mostly AI stuff, like if they say... And then my my dwarf, it's 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 like say say something bad happened, and then they attack a specific person, or after someone dies, they go and stand by some place that might have been meaningful to them, or whatever. All of that is in their head, pretty much. <laughs> it's like when you when you write these stories and give them really nuanced motivations, uh, that all of those things from the forum, uh, with with some exceptions, some some exceptions are uh, are are just um, 
kind of players adding adding stuff into yeah. the game. Just because all these things accidentally fall together <laughs> doesn't mean that the, they were intended to, but, I mean, at, at the same time, the fact that they are able to fall together that way means something. So. Yeah, no, we, we've cooked it up so that they... Uh, they things will fall. There's enough little moving parts so that 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 meaning can be added pretty easily to what happens. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely, this has happened a lot. So the next one is TKGP. Have you ever considered the possibilities of e? e how would you say that? Immigration. The opposite of immigration. Yeah, emigra- I guess it's immigration. Some dwarves would be more attached to your fort than others. So, but it stands to reason if a new migrant ventures into your fortress expecting legendary dining rooms and lovely waterfalls, only to discover a cloud of miasma <clears throat> the size of a small mountain, he might want to set off again to look elsewhere. So this is where we, we uh, I think we've discussed this before about the hill dwarves, yes. this kind of settlement that is outside of your, your mountain to where dwarves will come and go more easily than just having migrants show up all the time. So, yeah, I mean and and with that also, I guess the other element is the fortress starting scenarios so that um if you if you've got a group of dwarves that is on a uh, a, a secret expedition to uh to found a little site to to then send out a scout scout little scout parties to check where the goblins are or something like that and that's kind of the whole mission of your little fort, then you, maybe you'll only receive reinforcements every, you know, so often. And it would just be a few soldiers or something or, or whatever's related to your mission. We're, we're all for doing different scenarios and things like that. And as far as, I mean, the only thing to watch out for with, with em, emigration, I guess, is if the game is going to kind of haphazardly pull one of your really skilled or important dwarves away from you, um, it's got to not feel so capricious that you rage quit and yeah. chuck your computer on the ground or something. That would, that would be annoying. Yeah, so, especially since if a vampire could have eaten one of them instead. Yeah, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe everyone is subject to death and horror and just leaving your fort. But, I, I mean, the leaving thing, that would just be... Uh, yeah, leaving does seem kind of cheap, so, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see how that... We'll, uh, we'll, but we're we're definitely going to have some things happen. And, and even more so, when you have the hill dwarves, there was the whole thing of actually assigning some of your dwarves to leave and bringing in new people from the hills um, and kind of switching people out and not just necessarily assigning them to leave as a form of exile, but to do useful things like, like arming the dwarves or, or like they could go out with, with weapons and, and arm and teach the dwarves and then send out, you know, 30 or 40 guys or because one of the main points of hill dwarves was the army stuff. So, you could have it. You could send out a guy to raise the hill dwarves, and then have an army of 400 dwarves marching somewhere. Um, so there's there's going to be some interesting uh, kind of uh, emigration. Yeah. So sort of more of a flow back and forth flow of dwarves. Yeah. So the next one is from Tazos. How do you handle such a huge project? You probably have thousands of classes, inherited classes, modules, etc. Did you ever become? Did this ever become a problem? And if I may be so bold, I would love to hear a bit about how you work. Do you code in Windows or Linux? What kind of IDE do you use, etc.? Well, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, it's pretty big, but it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not completely unmanageable. I don't think there are thousands of classes yet. Uh, <laughs> 
But the, but it's it's getting to be quite a lot, and I have a lot of times where I have to search and look things up. Find in files is very useful, um, and it it hasn't become a problem though. Any I mean, any time there's a bug, I guess you could say maybe maybe uh, you know that the size of the program is starting to contribute to that a bit. So um, you know perhaps it has become a problem, and I just haven't haven't quite gotten a handle on it. But I, I think it's I mean it, it, it hasn't really become that much of an issue. Um, I work in Windows on uh, Microsoft Visual C, whatever Express version they're on now. Uh, I don't remember if it's 2010 or 2012 or whatever they have now. And I like that just because of the the debugger. And um, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm sure there's others that have have debuggers, but I've, I'm used to the Microsoft Visual C debugger, so I haven't jumped ship on that yet. I find it really handy to be able to break out and see where I am and all that kind of thing, and I know how to use it, so I'm happy with it. So the next one is from Dark Like Snipes. Do you think it'll be feasible to have intelligent small society creatures live in your fortress and bark that you have alliances slash codependent relationships with but don't directly control? For example, hollowing out a hall in the hills above a fortress for hill or storm giants to live in or a rookery for griffins or eagles to roost in in exchange for protection among a number of other things. So I, I guess we had we had that had come up once I think when we were talking about our plans. I don't know if it was related to like fairies or if it was related to dragons demanding tribute. It, it comes up occasionally, um, and the question is if it's feasible. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely feasible. It would be it would be a lot of fun. It's one of those things that well, kind of kind of it's already happening with the Forgotten Beast. I mean, they're not friendly, but, <laughs> but if somehow you're able to convince the Forgotten Beast that you're all right and feed them sacrifices. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a codependent relationship when you throw your goblin prisoners when you dump them into the uh, into an animal pit that happens to be the lair with the Forgotten Beast roaming around to hunt them or whatever. Yeah, so I think, I mean, yeah, the, under, the underground area is, uh, is kind of that way already. But if you have like a, I think they're thinking more of, of kind of on purpose. Yeah, 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 like actually... Being able to to give give livestock to the hill giants and then they'll uh, they'll turn away uh, the the goblin patrols that that come by your fortress or something like that and um, I mean be cool I mean I don't necessarily yeah, I, think that, I think the thing that separates this out from what you can already do uh, with animal taming is uh, is is the intelligence is that what you're, you're yeah being able to open a dialogue I, it's it's been it's been one of those things kind of simmering in the um in the thoughts of uh, whether it's on dev pages or the suggestion form or whatever uh like actually if a mega beast is intelligent like many of them are it doesn't have to just be a a kill or be killed kind of relationship and um, you know how would how would how would you open the negotiations? <laughs> is, uh, I, I think the beast the beast kind of has to open the negotiations unless you can send a dwarf on a suicide mission or something like that. Yeah, feed it <laughs> feed it your prisoners or something. <laughs> okay, we have one left. All right, or one part two parter. Yeah, one person with two questions: Apoc Vermouth or no Apollo, Apollo C Vermouth. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have any plans to adapt the new dungeon sewer system to creating awesome Tokolan-esque goblin settlements? More broadly, would you, what would a Dwarf Fortress goblin settlement look like? Okay, so yeah, we have put a lot of thought into this. Yeah, at least... Extra it, releases. Yeah, yeah, at least at least the... 
a lot of thought when it comes to setting our minds to doing it, um, <laughs> whether or not the uh, the specifics have been have been planned out. We're definitely going to shoot ahead with this. Uh, so I guess we'll. Uh, I mean, we're definitely promoting sitemaps uh, the same way that we're promoting uh, personality rewrites and birth, death, and kind of getting the world moving. When we get the world moving, we're going to kind of want to have more of a handle on what we've got going on on those sites. So that's that would be the third thing that we're kind of thinking of promoting ahead of the uh, the current development um, goals. So yeah. as far as what we actually expect to see there, um, well, we have some freedom with that. The, the goblins fortunately grant us a lot of freedom. Uh, they don't eat. They don't, I mean, they don't need to eat. They live forever. They're ornery and don't like people so they're like monsters they like monsters and um so when you have all those things together it's almost equivalent to a wizard did it in terms of strange uh, places that you might end up going you have to respect uh, i guess the fact that they they've got their weapons coming from somewhere they've got their tame beak dogs and things coming from somewhere they do something with these snatched children that they have to feed but there's quite a bit of leeway in terms of uh making um, kind of awesome adventure environments, awesome dwarf, dwarves, uh, you're, you coming with 100 dwarves to attack this environment type of places. Uh, and so we're, we're kind of we're going to have a little bit of a roguelike kick down there. We're going to have, uh, you know, have, a, have a little bit of freedom with the goblin settlements, especially the, the, elf, the elf and dwarf ones are going to um, be a little more aligned with what they actually need. I mean, the human ones are kind of really obscenely aligned to <laughs> what they actually need to the point that you can't even be much of an adventure when you're going through the leather stores and so on uh, and, the, uh, and the, the, the furniture shops and all that kind of thing that, that, that uh, populate the human towns. So we're going we're gonna to cut loose uh, with the goblins more than the others. Um, yeah. They'll give you something to do. They should be really fun to adventure in, in other words. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, and later on, fun to sack. <laughs> so, uh, the final question is also Apollo C. Vermouth. And do you see the successive waves of migrants as an essential gameplay mechanic, or is it mostly a placeholder? Do you see an abundance of migrants as a fundamental to the game, or could some circumstances lead to fewer available migrants? Um, so once again, this is the the hill dwarves, called, yeah, the hill dwarves yeah. thing. We think we've come up with a uh, solution to this problem, which is there will just be a group kind of near your settlement or there, where you you uh, take dwarf power from. Yeah, and if you find a, if and 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 there'll be situations where that group doesn't exist, and then you probably wouldn't expect the migrant waves at all in that case, or you you might occasionally get some, but it wouldn't be. Like it is now, so everything's going to change. That's basically the uh, <laughs> basically the bottom line on migrants is that everything is going to change. Okay, so that was the uh, that was the first Q and A. We have the first appearance of of three toe. Three toe. Yep. yep that's three toe. So yep. Read my stories right on the uh, <laughs> read on the uh, main page there. You can look at them. Uh, thanks for everybody for supporting Dwarf Fortress. That's right. Contribute and receive a, a custom, unique three-toe reward. We'll send one out to you. And so concludes another adventure with our Dwarf Fortress podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. This has been Captain Tastic and Rainseeker.
And Toadie won. Toadie won. And Scamps. He had a little part. Does he still have his headdress? The pharaoh headdress? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you grow that or chew it up? And special thanks to my dog, Bella, <laughs> who decided to bark at uh, passing uh, dog. Which, I remember which Bella. I really appreciate <laughs> her barking at that dog. Otherwise, I would never have known it's out there. <laughs> That's important. Important yeah. to be aware of your environment. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess we have a, a whole bunch of other people to thank, too, don't we? Um, let's see. I got a list. I got a list. I copied it over to my new computer. Okay. Yeah, Olier is on the list. Olier is on the list. Ding. Who else is on the list? We have Malox has the transcripts. Transcripts. (laughs) That's the transcripts. We have uh, we have um, uh, everyone who who asks asks questions. Uh, The questions are really useful, and people should send more questions. Ding ding. Uh, Ding ding. And um, it says. Emily Menendez yes. is on the ding. list. Very ding, 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 ding. We thank uh, we thank RattownStories.com. Ding, ding, ding. We thank update it. We thank we thank we thank we thank Captain Ding, ding, ding. Don't try that website. <laughs> yeah, who knows what's on there? Yeah, someone's already registered it. Something <laughs> And then it says I'm supposed to tell people to contribute and thank them. So uh, contribute and thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cran and stories and stuff. Uh, oh, we, oh, we, also, before yeah. I forget, uh, everybody, we have a new uh, little thread up on the general discussion that is asking for your funny stories of your dwarf fortress experience from the latest uh, large release. Yeah, that's in Dwarf Fortress General Discussion. Yep. Uh, it's sticky at the top. Make them perfect. <laughs> I'll just 